You're listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth. And I was listening on the bunny, Seth, and I was thinking about you, and I was thinking about RJB and Jonathan Hart and Matt Dwyer and Tom Marshall and all our all our Osiris You're listening family. to Sports Radio with Rob Turner, and I say that because you're probably talking about Curveball. Yes. I was so upset and I wasn't even there. I can't even imagine. Seth... You drove through rain from the south, the rain that ultimately was going to pound the festival. The area had had a bunch of rain leading up in the weeks prior. Talk to us, Seth. Well, first, can I just tell you where I'm at, where we are sitting? That's right, and we have Railroad Earth playing live in the background. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We're at Pisca Brewery in Black, Black Mountain, Mountain North, Carolina. North Carolina. I used to see many fly in my shows here, Seth. I have a lot of history in Black Mountain, not in this venue. So... Folks, what what happened this past week with Curveball? I was up there with my work exchange team managing the uh, fan staff program. In case anyone doesn't know, Curveball was the big fish festival to end their summer tour. Fish throws the festival themselves. They had somewhere between thirty and 40,000 people. And go ahead, sir. Sorry, kids. Park's closed. Literally moments before Basically. the sound check. The band was walking on stage to go to sound check, and the, uh, the show got canceled. Um, and they let all the campers in that night until 7 o'clock, and everyone had to be out the next morning by 12. And you I know, had a staff of over 150 people that were on site working. fortunate there was a thought. There were some that wanted the place cleared that night because there was no permit and there was no event. And there was some uh, negotiating that had to go on just to allow people to stay there that night. And if you didn't hear, the reason why is that with all the flooding of the area, the impact was really, really great. Uh, the water, um, the flooding is contaminated the water, and they did a test, and they got, that test came back, and their levels the of... The river was flowing too much. This is true. But he, I want you all to kind of go with me on this journey for a second, though, and look at this through a different lens. And the lens is, it's not just the impact of the water. Think about the fact of what that water did to the people that live there, and yeah. you start looking at the locals and the and and those locals, by the way, are people that are, are that are your ticket scanners, that are that are your medical, your fire, they're your ambulance. You know, the resources of labor and and people that are going to help make this event happen are all taxed. The person scanning your ticket at catering, the person selling you, um, you know. Food at the farmers market, etc. Not all, but many of these people were, were living, were leaving disastrous situations at their homes to come try to make this festival happen. And if not their homes, their parents' homes, their loved ones' homes. Right. So they did also consider. Uh, I heard using the national guard to bring in water, but they were concerned of the weight of the vehicle to do such a thing. And with the you know the the, the soil had been severely compromised because again it wasn't just a week of raining. There's been a lot of rain there all summer. Most, yeah. It's just a, when I got there, it would there was rivers going through the city, Mighty going through the streets. River. But what's also interesting is the fact is this, Rob. Fish fans are known to be very spontaneous people. Spontaneous. They they live and thrive off spontaneity. Yes, the salt of the earth ones are. That's for sure. A lot. So here you are with 30,000 people that had plans for the weekend. A majority of them have families and wives and kids and lives. And so here they have a hall pass, so to say, because the weekend was already booked for them. They already got the RV. They already got the you know, the travel. So go out and be spontaneous. Do something. And so now a lot of people, yeah, they went back home. But other people like myself, you know, we took our RV and we made wine out of lemons. Well, and first, Seth called me all excited to meet me at the Big What, and I packed... I got all ready to leave my 
I was. This is the song in the car before. And leave Saturday morning to go meet you. I was all excited to see the Who set. I was ready to do it. Get there and see talk. I was going to be able to if the way it worked out. I wasn't going to get there in time for Voodoo. You were Saturday. Then talk. Then big something, and then the last set was going to be the big something doing the who. I was dying to hear Nick sing some of that, and I'll bet Mister would have sung some of it too. I don't know. I still haven't gotten. The I set was. Re- I was, and then Mitchell texted me, who is uh, Chris Mitchell? No, Mitchell, who Mitchell Attawa. He um, was an intern of mine years ago. Now he's uh, works with their accounting firm uh, that works with the big uh, something. So yeah, Rob, we uh, Carrie and I. who was my. Con- Travel companion uh, and my college roommate's brother that's, that's, Ari Schechter. I love Ari that Schechter. Code. I love that code. Uh, so, my travel companion. Is that what they're calling it now? Oh, shut up. So, so Ari's literally like, "What are you doing, Ari?" Is my uh, college roommate's brother, yes. and he was like waiting to get an Uber to go to Ithaca to get a bus to go back to New York to his family. He go, no, 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 get in the RV. So we kidnap Ari, and now we're headed south to go to the big something, some big, big what? what? And we're on our way, and then Ari's. I'm like, look, Ari, find a vineyard. I got to get some wine before we go because we're in the Finger Lakes. So he goes ahead and plugs in one. It gets us off the highway, turns us around, and next thing you know, we were going south, and now we're going north, back on the same highway we just were, with the next exit ten miles away. So Carrie's getting all pissy, and I'm just like, whatever. Like we're just this is what's meant to be. Between Erie and Pittsburgh, was he putting you through hell? No, but I did say that, and I also. I also did open every day by saying, this is a farmhouse. I always, I said, we are so very sorry into, I said, I'm sorry. (laughs) Real quick, speaking of which, Tom Marshall posted a picture of Trey being informed. He was literally on the stage when he was informed that it was canceled. And, And you could just, the body language... You could just see it's almost like the life has gone out of the poor guy. You know, he was just as crushed as any fan. Oh, Maybe not any fan, but as no. most fans, and if not more. And the fans, you know, walking around, I'm, I kind of wanted to get like, uh, we actually, Carrie and I joked about going around with a podcast Zoom here and doing interviews and pretending to be the bunny radio. <laughs> just to, but that would be good for publicity because the bunny would be like, who's imitating us? Oh, it's those guys from WTNS. I'm and, glad you brought up bunny radio, though. Well, hold okay. that though. Okay. And one of the things that makes the f- that's one of the things that's very unique about fish fandom, okay, is you don't go to the fish festival. And this is I'm talking I'm speaking on behalf of probably the thirty five thousand people of the forty thousand, okay? Huge percentage. You don't just go to the festival and and just like I haven't seen fish all summer, I'm gonna go see them. No, you every fish fan I know where, where they've listened to the most recent sets, they've been Catching all the nuances and oh, you know they know about the tweets to tweet prize, which is where they did the three tweezers second set opening up second set with tweezer reprise over in Merriweather. Like you go and your knowledge, you're ready, you're schooled, you are so ready for the show. You're they ready know for fish it. is a reprise repeat band. That's that's their brand now. God bless them. <laughs> anyway, so what were you going to say? Because I'm um, so interesting. You were talking about the bunny. I what was. You were going to say these fans. They're all. No, that was, was it. I'm saying that they're was building to these they're, shows. Yes, they're they're educated. It's like you go there and it's like you you you're so up to date with fish, uh, and you went back and listened to your first shows and you went to your favorite shows. It's not just going to the shows. It's not just going to the festival. You really get you prepare yourself mentally for it. 
And even you, you who wasn't even going, was preparing for I it. I kind of planned my weekend and listening to the bunny and and listen. I wasn't going to record cassettes like the old days. I mean, I literally used to bring a boombox. The first three show, the first three festivals: Clifford Mall, Lemon Wheel, and uh, what's the other? I always forget the other one. <laughs> Whatever. It. What was the other one? It. No, first three. I went to the first three. The big what? No, no, big what is? <laughs> just, just let me talk. And I would bring, I would bring a uh, a boombox basically, and and I had a really good one then, and make recordings of the radio show. You know, Tad Cautious in particular. He's one of the DJs. Now they have Jesse Jarno and a bunch of other young guys. But back then, a lot of it was Tad Cautious. You have Kevin Shapiro doing From the Archive. I love that element of the Fish Festival. There's so many things I love about it. But being a media radio nerd, I love always love that. So I was excited for that. But I have to say, the Bunny had to announce the cancellation. They announced it about 10 minutes before the Fish did, actually. I think. Well, can I mention something on that, though? Well, wait, not- let me just say yeah, that yeah, the yeah. Bunny Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. was so... Such a valuable part of people recovering from this. They stayed on. They continued to do a great job. I listened to them right till the end, which was 3 p.m. Friday or somewhere around there. And Kevin Shapiro just did a wonderful double from the archives. Started at 8, went almost oh, yeah. to midnight. Just played all kinds of crazy stuff, including a studio Buffalo Bill I'd never heard. Oh, really? Including a, a David Bowie from the first time they played Canada. A David Bowie that opened the show. And, and I'm not the biggest David Bowie fan. They never played Canada anyway. They attacked the improv. This is a show opener. And just all kinds of great stuff. And I really thought the Bunny stepped up and played their role in the scene in an extremely valuable and important way. And then you go back to Jam On at Sirius... And they flip back over to Fish Radio, but rather than just throw back on their old, what they've been playing. Yeah. You know, they could have done that. Yeah, because no, they, I, every time I turned it on, I got the same thing. Yeah, Either there was similarity. They had a rotation going, but they were playing good stuff. Like the Ghost, was great. The Ghost from Alpharetta was in rotation, which was smart. Yeah. There were a couple other things that I wasn't sure why were in the rotation, but instead of doing that, they played a bunch of great sets, including stuff from Magnaball, stuff from Festival 8, one show from way back in 89. And that, too, was a little, not to say that it made up for it, but it, these little things to be like, to acknowledge that people are really hurting now and they could use something special fish-wise to at least get them down the road. And one of the things that really makes fish unique, again, in terms of being the promoter of their own event, their organization did such a great job of releasing the information the way they did. You have to understand... I, you know, I'm connected by a radio on my my shirt collar to the promoter. I'm connected to medical, to security. If there's anything like something like a cancellation, I'm probably going to be one of the first people to get wind of it. And with this situation, they didn't leak it to anyone. It was put up on their website before they made an all call. I think there's was, two reasons for that. Well, th- I mean, it makes sense to me because they want to make sure that there's no rumor mill that like, sure. comes from the for source. One thing to, to cut that out and not have but word that's of mouth brilliant, and all this though. and just to let everyone know at the same time. And secondly, I think they were really doing everything they possibly could to avert the cancellation. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. So and you guys did, had to understand how, how hard breaking it is to like so we're standing there I'm probably one of the few people that actually saw some of the art because you, you know a lot of people that weren't the, the site never opened up and we're looking around and like some of this stuff is people worked all summer long to, to, to create in their minds and then to actually make the site was literally like the last rocks were just pushed to the side and we right. are ready to open and no and thank you Insane. even though the festival didn't happen everybody who worked so hard 
on the installations, on every little crossing, every little T, dotting every little I, to make a fish festival wonderful. My, thank you all so much. My, my and, and, and the vendors, I'm so sorry. You buy five days worth of perishables, you don't get money. I really feel for those people as well. I wish maybe there was something we could do as a community for those folks. I don't know. But, Seth, why not postpone the event for a year? Is there any possibility that they hang on to your wristbands? If you want a refund, send them in. But most people are going to hang on to them. And you can't you can't have a, 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 an event of this nature any sooner than the winter. Why not postpone it for a year? You ask a question, but... There's a lot of factors that go into it. You have costs that need to be covered. And you can't just say postpone it. And because then you basically what you're doing by postponing it is you're doubling having down. you're doing two festivals. You're not doubling down. Right. You're having you're you're taking but today. The second festival could cover the cost of the one that got canceled if it comes it, off. I don't think so. I think that you have too much. You have too many. Okay, take me for example. Take all the workers. Well, that, huh? Take Seth, please. Yeah, take my company and take Clean Vibes. Take uh, I take all of the volunteers and the staff that were getting paid that, that did their work. Now all that all that's been done. The festival gets canceled. It didn't get completed. So clean vibes. They set up all the trash bins. They didn't have to sort and recycle everything. But everything was set to go. They had a lot of hours of people going out there and setting it up. You can't. That has to set up again next year. So. Your costs are going to be the same. You're going to basically be paying for two festivals, you know, if you do a next one. So that doesn't make sense to just postpone it. I think it makes sense to go ahead and deal with the Act of God clause that's in a contract, and and go ahead and what insurance is for, right. get out of the situation, and then do another one next year. I think they should do another one. But that I think even you may be underestimating the tedious nature of what the refund process would be. And also, our friends at Cash and Trade have a nightmare on their hands. People who bought bracelets, and now they have to figure out how to get them back and make sure everybody... Oh. Oh. That's, uh... You know, that part with Cash... I mean, that's a third market, so... I know. I'm just saying. You know, I'm not saying that that's a justification that Fish factor that in at all. No, and Fish put out a statement today that all refunds are going to be processed if you bought your ticket from... But so that is an interesting point, that's though. An adi- that's an additional so expense. If I sold you my ticket, right? Do I, but and I got my ticket from Frontgate. Am I getting the refund? No, you have to get the ticket back to the person who bought it, and that they have to get the refund. Uh, but how's that work? Uh, isn't it to all card? Pr- this is what I'm saying. Just postpone the goddamn thing, and so we don't have to do all this crap. Well. I, I can tell you there's a lot of fan staff that are ready to get their refunds and those are getting processed and you know things like that all have to go through the producer to get the to go ahead on and all everyone that worked their hours needs to get paid and it's it's a it's a mess but I do feel I do feel that they are doing everything with the most utmost respect to their fans as they possibly can so I was racking my brain racking try, my brain trying to think of shows I'd gone to and been had been canceled because it doesn't really ha- I've been very fortunate right but right. once when I was a kid I don't remember the name of the venue but it's an outdoor place in Connecticut that the dead also played in the 70s and I went there to see Jackson Brown all the way from Massachusetts and it was a Curtis Mayfield kind of thing where you know we're there in the lot tailgating and we get word that the show was canceled and that a lighting grid had fallen a what a lighting grid Oh my god Just before soundcheck oh Nobody was god. hurt Thankfully As we know that people Can get hurt from such things Nasty Awful Scary things 
Uh, then there was another time the Grateful Dead in Cleveland, Ohio. It was a snow thing. And uh, I remember the local PBS TV station playing the Moody Blues. And I know some of you older deadheads like myself listen to us. We we were calling them and harassing them trying you to get You were calling the, the Moody Blues? No, the PBS, the television station. They oh. were playing a Moody Blues concert. A really good one. Justin Hayward and that guy who played the flute and pranced around was still alive. Uh, Jefferson... Uh, no, I was not with Waffles. With I think it was Dave Soslavsky and Billy Greenberg, that whole crew. Um, maybe Doug. No, Conn. I'm talking not Jefferson. I'm not talking about people you know. I'm talking about the flute guy. Jeff. I don't remember the names of the Moody Blue guy. Je- uh, even Jason Hayward, Justin Hayward. Because n- once the Braves got Jason Hayward, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to screw up the Moody Blues guy for the rest of my life. I think it's Justin Hayward, who was blonde until like the age of he's like yeah. 85 now. He's still blonde as as Kate Upton. Doesn't have that. Any rate, though, so so the uh, PBS you called PBS, every all the dead. I mean, we had deadheads in Cleveland in every hotel, stuck in the room. It's snowing. What were they calling? They were calling, trying to get them to play Grateful Dead. But they already have program pre-program, right. and especially PBS TV. This is not a radio station. <laughs> but when I need okay. you old deadheads, I think we got them to put on Dead Ahead, the uh, Radio City thing at the end before they sign up because Moody Blues is the last thing, and then they were going to sign off for the night. I think they threw that on for us, but I don't know if that's my memory. You young kids, when you get older, this happens to you. You remember things, and then you're like, did that really happen? Can you do me a favor, say the exact same thing you just said, but as Bob Weir? You, well, now, hey, you, you folks with a little, a little less years on your... I don't want to be colder than a witch's good than a whore's goodbye, but I want to say, you'll get to the point where you remember something, and you gotta take a step back and see if you're remembering something that happened or something that will now. Hey, hi! <laughs> you dreamed about or some sort of some kind of well. Uh, 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 Jerry's guitar amp didn't bark its little heart out. We're gonna fix it. Well, on that night, we're the, gonna iron it out. On that note, Rob, no, I will not be going to Dick's. Uh, I will be at Halloween. You should too. Thinking maybe Hampton. Oh wait, the other cancellation was a good one though. Oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead, number three. Eighty six. I was gonna go out to see the dead. Eighty six. Get it? That's a restaurant term. Go ahead. I was gonna go see the dead. Not at the Greek. Maybe Ventura. I don't know, but it got canceled. But they canceled that one early enough. Jerry was nice enough to um, have the coma early enough that we could change our plans. Jerry was such a good guy that way. You know, when he when he got ill, he gave you a little notice. Thank you, so Jerry. So we're curious So for I was able to delay my trip so I could see my first Van Morrison show ever at the Greek Theater. It's one I've mentioned on this program before. And on uh, right Stacey's show, I think you did also. And freaking John Lee Hooker walks mm-hmm. out solo and opens the show unannounced. Really? And John Luke Ponte, I saw that was a great trip. But okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. So we're curious for you listeners to email us insideoutwtns at gmail.com. Insideoutwtns at gmail.com. We want to hear your stories. If you were at Fish, if you were at Curveball, and you got thrown the curveball, what did you do? How did you make lemons out of the? How do you make lemonade out of those lemons or, or wine in that in sense? In your concert going history. Have oh, you arrived at a show and had to cancel? And what are other things? What are little bits of spontaneity you've had? We will read a couple of your stories uh, yeah, sure. on the air. And uh, we will be... What episode will that be? Ozo Motley? Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll tie that into the Ozo one. That's a good That's a good idea, Rob. I like that. We'll do that on the outro of the Ozo. And um, Craziest Story wins. And uh, I don't really have much to give you, so I will send you... 
He'll send you an envelope with something in it. What do you say we wrap this up, Rob? Seth and I are having a nice time here. Uh, I met him in North Carolina because uh, Seth was a little down. Needed a little, need a little vitamin R. Well, I, I grabbed I, my dog. Met him in North Carolina. I was in Virginia, and the straightest route home was not this way. And I'm like, Rob, we love Asheville, both w- of us. Would you meet me in the Blue Ridge? He said, Yeah. And and folks, my favorite, one of my favorite places on earth is the Blue Ridge Parkway. And my dog is out of her mind. It was just Seth, myself, and her driving the Blue Ridge Parkway. And we did. We lucked out, man. We, we went to a couple of nice vistas, and then we went up to um, the top of Mount, Mount Mitchell, Mitchell. Which, by the way, congratulations to Birdie. That is her highest elevation of her life. Not as high as her father. Big moment for her. And then we drove. We just beat the rain. It literally started raining as we were walking back to the car. Oh. Then we drove through some nasty rain, and I was being a nervous Nelly because landslides are not pretty. And I was worried about a landslide. It was really pouring, but we made it out of there. And we went to first to New Belgium Brewery because that was supposed to be open, and it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, and just like Curveball, closed that entry. And then uh, we went to West Asheville because West Asheville's awesome. Oh, but then there's a Isis is a great venue there, which uh, Rob and I feel we're feeling the uh, we're feeling the vibe. We think I think we're yeah, going to we come down Asheville. here and do something there, and also here at the Pisgah Brewing, which. I got to tell you, is five minutes away from the KOA where my RV is sitting. So yeah, we're pretty psyched. Kind of nice. We'll have to kinda take nice. the RV up here. Um, Although, of course, we could plug in right here at the Pisgah, too. I'm just now that I noticed yeah, that. Pisgah has a nice room here for shows. They have a field in the back with a stream, plenty of wood chips. It's Go a ahead. brewery, but yeah. I, you, you just glossed over like it's an. No, folks, they have a real stage. Yeah. They've got a lighting system, they've got a wonderful PA, a full, full on. Uh, Really, really full on rig. Leftover um, salmon's throwing a party here. Uh, a festival. Marcus, Marcus King, who have uh, Jeff Atchison has been added to that bill. Yes, and if you don't know Jeff, please go back to episode two or three or four. It's early. It's I early. It's five in or there. six. Um, also, speaking of um, ISIS Music Hall, great place to see John Shane. Oh yeah, John Shane, uh, who I drove through his hometown the other day. Yes. Um, well, we're going to leave you Mar- out. Look at that Marcus King Band family reunion. Amazing bill. Chuck Lavelle added. Chuck Lavelle's on it, yeah. But it's not inside here. It's outside no, of the field, outside. right? And again, a little creek, uh, plenty of wood chips. So if it rains, it's not going to get muddy and awful, or it'll have to ra- rain a lot more for it to and get And those muddy of you that go to a lot of music festivals, the people behind this brewery, I didn't even realize until I stepped foot here and I saw kind. a bunch of old friends, kind. are all people that are putting on festivals for They're years. They're from our scene. They're oh. us. This place is run by us. I want to close today by saying a couple things. One, thank you all for listening. And two, up next, next week, we have a fantastic episode. It's the one of the few episodes that we actually interviewed, rather, that we recorded for WTNS and not Osiris at the Electric Forest Festival. So thank you, RJ. Thank you, Tom, for letting us turn this into our own episode. Which, by the way, we've got other audio we need to share with people. Yeah, yeah. The, gen- the, the, um, the Natalie Kresman is coming out through Osiris next week. as, well as or If not, it might be a, up now. I'll have to check. Drummer from the Works, Jeremy from Big... But I want to just keep to what we have next week oh. is Mimi from Fruition. I love her. And we're going to close today's show or episode or whatever you want to call this. We're going to close with Mimi... Sitting in with, ironically, the band that we were listening to when we started recording, Railroad Earth, doing a tribute to Aretha Franklin over at Red Rocks uh, just a couple days ago. So we're going to close out with that. We hope you do enjoy. Tune in, uh, I believe, what do you say, Rob, Wednesday? I, I certainly hope so. So tune in we'll to Wednesday. as soon as we possibly can. We love you people. So Mimi, Fruition, 
with Railroad Earth. And thank you, Osiris Podcast Network. Thank you, RJ, for mentioning us on the quick hit about 1990. Thank you, Robert Polet with Polet Clark. Thank you, Fishnet, for uh, mentioning Beyond the Ponds episodes almost every episode now. Thank and you. And they deserve that. They're doing amazing work over there. Thank you, Road to Now, for taking the whole network higher with your high-minded podcast. Although, I am developing a bad habit from listening to them. Instead of asking a question saying talk about, which a lot of sports reporters do, they do that. That's the one thing they do that, that or one of them does that. Get me out of that habit. Don't ask people to talk about stuff. Ask them questions. And thank you, mothers, for allowing us to slide through your vaginas into this world. Now, with the further ado. Ouch. What was that? Mimi from Fruition with Railroad. Uh, I don't know why you say Earth. Think, there's nothing wrong with that, Rob. Do you want to talk about it? Why don't you go ahead and talk about it? You are like... I just did what you said not to do. You are like a a bad Howard Stern. Like there's, it's like if Howard Stern wasn't clever and was just tawdry. You know what though? To be a bad Howard Stern is being really good at something. Mm, that's like saying in the nineties. That's like saying Howard Stern's kind of like ninety four, ninety five dead these days. That's like saying like, oh, yours are still good. You're awful, Mark Marone. But not Mark Marin. Why did I say Marone? I Mark- pull. I say his name like you would say any musician's name we're interviewing. Hi, Jeff Coffin. Sinegar rhymes with vinegar. Now we should never get that wrong again. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Once upon a time, August fourth, nineteen sixty-eight. One and only one woman performed right here in this very place. Uh, help us out with this next one. Help me name 
Happy 